0: From those in the know, to those who need to know, this is the
1: Indie Weekly Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Indie Weekly Podcast. So coming up today in just a minute, our conversation uh, dates back to May of last year, May 2022. It's from Indie Weekly number 63, and this one's called Wearing All the Hats as an Artist. As that implies, the conversation is all about juggling all those career facets, um, every little bit of being an artist, which is really being an entrepreneur that goes on and that really accelerated during the pandemic, during the pandemic, as you hear in this conversation, but it certainly remained true as we get back to normal life, I suppose you could say. In this conversation, you'll hear, of course, Daryl Hurz, Indie Week's founder and regular host of our Indie Weekly webinars. And he is joined by Andrea England, a uh, acclaimed songwriter. She also works for the CMRRA here in Canada. And she also founded a songwriting group called Four Chords and the Truth. And with them also is Justine Giles, an acclaimed songwriter and singer from Calgary, Alberta. So if you've found yourself stressed or full of anxiety or just feeling a total lack of time and with so many competing responsibilities and tasks on your to-do list, then this is certainly the conversation for you. But before we get to this week's conversation, we first have to acknowledge that the land on which Indie Week is based is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Ashinaabe, Métis, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. We must also thank our sponsors and funders. Those are Slate Music, CD Baby, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, The City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, SEMA, SoCan Foundation, and our newest sponsor, Cox and Palmer who provide legal services in Atlanta, Canada. We also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. Without the support of all them, we couldn't do the work that we do for the music community. So a big, big thank you to all those companies, organizations, and government bodies. All right, let's get to this week's conversation. So, this session we're
0: talking about you know how artists wear many hats a lot of what I've been hearing lately is there's not enough time we really feel that this is playing on mental health of so many people Uh, the lockdown we've all been remote and I don't know if anybody else is feeling this I'm busier than ever before like I've, I've been in meetings all day I literally have a meeting at 5.01 right after this, and a meeting at 5.31 right after that. It's just never-ending now. Uh, Time zones doesn't matter. We call each other at any time of the day. So with that, uh, I want to uh, let our guests introduce themselves and give us a little bit of background, and we're going to be talking about how artists wear so many hats and juggle and all that kind of stuff. First up, we're going to go with Andrea Englund from uh, CMRA, if you could give us a little bit of a background and congrats on the latest role. So please announce that too.
2: Well, thank you, Daryl, and congrats to you and the Indie Week team for the work you're doing, um, especially with Indigenous and equity skin communities. It's wonderful. Um, well, you know, I usually wear, ha- I'm a hat girl. I usually, <laughs> I usually have one on. I don't today because I'm indoors. But, however, not to say, I I may not uh, break one out later, but it's true. I do, I wear a a ton of hats. Um, I was just sort of, uh, I have a new role at CMRA where I'm the uh, Associate Director of Publisher Engagement and Strategy there now. So looking forward to engaging with self-published songwriters and publishers uh, of all sizes. Uh, um, I'm a singer-songwriter. That's how I started out, singer-songwriter-artist. I'm on the board of directors of the Songwriters Association of Canada. I'm a professor of lyrics in the independent songwriting and performance program at Seneca College. Uh, I own my own um, kind of boutique uh, publishing company, record label Lemonade Factory Music. And finally, I'm the I guess, founder, host, and curator of Four Chords and the Truth songwriter series here in in Toronto and beyond. So all of those things have kind of grown out of uh, saying yes. Um, You know, I think it's really important uh as a a creator a creative type to know your business um and to communicate and to 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 give back to your community so i do lots of things uh you know i learned the hard way in some cases so that you don't have to so other than that i'm gonna just pass it on to justine
0: (laughs) awesome thanks andrea and uh so our next guest is just justine is it giles giles Giles? Yes,
3: Giles, you Giles. got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, who's an artist that actually, uh, I actually connect with on Twitter, uh, just released some great music so please do go check that out online as well and uh, you can share some links in the chat. But uh, Justine, give us a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah, well thanks so much for having me. It's so weird in this day and age to connect with people on socials and then later in person but that's kind of just how it goes. And uh, I've made some great friends online, uh, just like you, Daryl, so thanks so much. So, I'm Justine Giles, and I'm a singer-songwriter, originally from Sudbury, Ontario, so Nickel City girl, and lived in Toronto for a while, took the CMI program, really got into the music industry and learned about the business side of things, so that was really helpful for me. And I also went to school for graphic design, photography, so I definitely wear a ton of hats when it comes to designing my own posters and album artwork and that kind of thing and and try to help some of my artist friends in that realm as well and yeah all of the hats all the hats all the physical hats all the metaphorical hats just all of the hats <laughs> so
0: awesome. I like your thank hat you. by the way
3: <laughs> thank you <laughs> awesome
0: and and I totally get the hat wearing and uh you know for me it started as well like being an artist and I took a graphic design course too why yeah because I didn't want to pay for somebody to do my posters and cd covers totally but then somebody (laughs) started paying me to do their work and then it's like all of a sudden now I'm graphic designer and musician and then a day job and and a booker and, and <laughs> yeah. started a festival. And, and like, it, I, everyone jokes about me right now because it's like, uh, I think I've got five jobs. So just to give my little spiel, I teach at Harris once a week. Um, I run Indie Week. So that's four conferences, a weekly thing. We've got a mentorship in the works and we do have an export program. Might have a nonprofit in the works as well coming up and an online community. Uh, and then I've got my job. Uh, I rep Downtown Music, uh, so all their brands, which is Foundy, Song Trust, DMS, Fuga, CD Baby, uh, and I know there's more. So I wear lots of hats as well. Uh, so I think to just start, um, let's just sort of throw the question out and we'll go in the same order, Andrea, than Justine is, um, how I'm going to start with a funny kind of one is like, how many hats is too many hats? Or is there a, such a thing as too many hats? Uh, because it seems to keep piling on.
2: Um, it's a very good question. Uh, I was saying earlier when we were kind of chatting before the start that, you know, what's the key, first of all, to wearing so many. And I think it's n- not wearing more than one at one time. And I think it starts to be too many when you can't do that. I think it's really important to be able to silo, what, learn from what you do and, and use knowledge to transfer it across what you do. But at the same time, be able to silo it. When I'm working as a singer-songwriter, that's how I'm working. When I'm working for a CMRA or speaking on behalf of the Songwriters Association of Canada, I'm representing them. And the two, and the two can't, uh, they converge, but they have to be separate at the same time to respect kind of the duty um, that I'm, in care of working for for you know another organization so i think it's being really clear and intentional about what you're doing when you're doing it and who is impacted by your actions and i think that's the, that's the, been the key for me uh, you know for for as long as i've been doing this um, for many of those years i've worked at cmra uh, worked at Seneca college and, and I've been able to maintain it successfully and kind of build bridges among them by remembering who I represent when so, and at all times, really, you're always representing these companies in, in a way.
0: I, I totally agree. And I, I, I really glad you said that, um, sometimes it's knowing when to say, no, I can't do this right now. I need to do it at another date and time. Uh. I love what you said. Uh, Justine, anything to add to that?
3: Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier and, and I think it's so important to try on different hats. And even if you're not good at all of them, I think it's good to experience wearing them anyways. Because over time as an artist, you start to build your team of people and you hire someone to do this for you, hire someone to do that for you. But I think it's good to have a fundamental understanding of what that person is doing for you on your behalf. So for example, you know, since I have a background in graphic design, I probably won't be hiring out too many designers unless it's like a specialized logo, for example, because I don't specialize in logo design. But when it comes to like hiring a producer or hiring a publicist or these types of things, I think it helps me to have the experience of doing it myself first, and just to become familiar with what their job is and, and what they will be doing for me.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a also a very valid point. And also knowing how to talk the talk. Uh, you get to know yeah. the language that they speak in different roles. And uh, yes, you, you can go, they're doing a good job or mm, not. Uh, and I think that that's an important thing um, because otherwise you could end up wasting a lot of time and money and effort and that holds you back. And I don't know about you guys, but it's really frustrating. You're like, man, I could get this done if I had the time. And like, it'd take me only five minutes and this has taken a day or two. It, like, it it's just really frustrating at that point. Hard to let go, right? Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Hard, so hard I to guess, let go of the role.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm going through that right now, actually. <laughs> because I've always been very hands-on and eventually you get to the point where it, it is too many hats or it is too many projects and um, figuring out like where your strengths are, leaning into those... <sighs> And if you do have to hire help, maybe hiring people that can help where your weaknesses are or just hiring people that can help strengthen what, what you do best. So it's a, it is tough though to let go of wearing all of the hats. I will say that.
2: Uh, you know, and I think scheduling is a big part of it too is, and in being true to whatever schedule. So if I'm at uh, CMRA from, you know, nine to five, I'm working on CMRA business. On my lunch hour, I might... I'm, I'm working in my home office now. So on my lunch hour, I'm going to eat something. I'm probably going to work on a lyric, or maybe I'll take that call or I'll do, I think it's really even more important now that we're working from home, that we set schedules and as much as we can, um, you know, things come up, right. But be really true and have integrity with respect to what you're working on and when you're working on, especially if we're working on things for other people. So that, because, you know, honestly, the stress just builds up on us if we can't deliver, so, um, you know, it's there, I think there are more distractions at home in a way, but at the same time, there's more focused time. So it's, it's all a matter of, I think just being intentional. It's probably, I'm probably going to say that a whole lot <laughs> for this hour.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, those are things that are, are obstacles, especially like us evolving into like, what does working from home look like? Mm-hmm. I think we've had that transition period, but, um, I'm a very big advocate of hardcore, this is when I do this, and that minute I'm done. I have to go to do something else. But a really important point, and I kind of use the word respect, if 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 I'm working on something for someone else and it's their time or their money, I have to respect that. It's I have to deliver, you know, I have to do what I said I'm going to do when I said by the time I said I'm going to do it by that's that's a really important thing for me
2: oh for and you know what for self preservation as much as for integrity because look we're in a small business and you know we've all had someone cancel <laughs> like you, you know you've had the, the 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 side player cancel the gig because he or she is sick and then you see the socials of them doing a gig in someone else's studio at that exact time like you know it doesn't serve anybody cuz uh, number one people are going to find out right but also it probably doesn't feel great inside for that person who's so so I think transparency I think to your point transparency is really important as well as you know scheduling yourself accordingly
0: yep owning up to it when when you can't that's that's a hard one but when you get used to it hey I screwed up my fault yeah what could I do right And, and like I think that that's something very important uh Justine uh anything to add to that
3: no, I, but I, I do agree. I, I think it's so important to take your commitment seriously. And also with that being said, your commitment to yourself and to your craft and, and your commitments to other people, right? And finding that balance is is what we're talking about today is all these different hats and, and trying to schedule. So I think later we may be talking about this in particular, but I think it's, it's tough to come back to the present moment sometimes because so much of what we do is planning. Like we're planning for projects. We have to email this person back. We have to book the studio time. We have to co-write with this person or book that show, rehearse for that show. Like there's always something to do. So I think Daryl, you and I were talking about this on Twitter not long ago because sometimes parts of our job are fun, but if you don't schedule in time for some like mental health or just for some fun or some time with friends or time with family, it can become really, really overwhelming because there's just always work to do at every minute of the day. So <laughs> I think it's important to just think about that as well.
0: Yeah. It, mental health is, is uh, a huge aspect of this. And if you aren't taking care of it, uh, for me, what I can find is my energy goes down. So my output is less. And then in the same amount of time, it's actually not achieving the same results I normally do. So then it's like, why am I not getting things done like I normally do? And then I need double the amount of time. And now that's taking into the other time that I need to do things. And it, it could really snowball. So uh, for me, sometimes I just recognize and go, hey, you know what? I just need to take a break right now. Um, and am also being hardcore about that. Like, okay, I'm taking an afternoon and I'll be back later you know, yeah. sometimes I have to do that. So, uh, mental health is huge in this, but I think, uh, to Andrea's point, the scheduling knowing, ah, oh, wait, I have an hour, two days from now when I'm working on that. I can, I really bank on that knowing it's still getting done. It's still getting done. So, uh, yeah. Andrea, do you have any comments on the mental health aspect to it?
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I do. I mean, I think, I think it's being kind to yourself and being kind to others is really what it comes down to. I mean, if, first of all, we're lucky to be in whatever capacity we can following our passions. We're, you know, we're working in the music business. And sometimes when you are ingesting, you talk about, we're always planning. It's always the next, looking to the future. I'm doing this gig, you know, Four Chords is happening in September. I have to worry about that. I think it comes down to kind of any kind of, you know, workaholism. Where people, oh, I'm working mm-hmm. hard for my family. I'm working hard for this. and Really? But you're spending no time with them. So yeah. remembering why we're doing what we're doing. I got into songwriting because I felt like I had a message. And I felt like I could transmit emotion. And I could talk about some of the hard things that other people couldn't. And maybe that would be my way of helping. Right? And so... I think if we, we come back and we remember, why are we in this? Okay. It's helping or it's, you know, having an artistic vision come to life, but what's the purpose of that vision? Hopefully it's helping. It's communicating. It's, it's making a difference for somebody. That's why we're here. It's to connect. Right. So if we lose the whole point of why we're doing this, just because we're trying to get the next thing done. I think that that takes a real toll on your mental health. So like coming back to the the moment and going, okay, why am I here? What am I doing? And, you know, to, to kind of, when I work with Nick Young songwriters or artists who are new to the business and they're, you know, ambitious and they're worrying about, oh, how can I write with this person so I can do this? Or how can I meet that person? I try to remind them that the most important thing at the end of the day, I think when you're 90 years old and you look back, you're not going to think about the song. You're going to think about the person you wrote it with, who's still your friend, hopefully. Yeah. And right. Or the, all the wonderful people you met or helped or helped you. And whenever I get too busy or too overwhelmed, I, I try to just think about the point of all of this.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been uh if, if COVID's taught me anything it's about human connection even yeah. though it's digital um, <laughs> and, and, and but it's it's i've I've actually been able to meet a ton of new friends and and such but a, a big part I find is also the ability to check in on someone because we mm. have these tools and such like every week there's there's a number of people I'll just like how you doing just that you know where that wouldn't have happened really before. and And the conversations that have come out of it have been very meaningful. and it, like that's like you know we keep helping each other through through that. And I think that that's also something that's important. And also and it's like now you have this network of people in all these different cities and such, and it's it's crazy, although, although just to sort of show you, like this is since since it started, like my phone never ends now. <laughs> So, so that's the only thing. That's the only thing. My phone never ends. Uh, but uh, it's it's I find that's meaningful. You know, uh, I talked to my friend in Ireland the other day online. I talked to my friend in Singapore, in India, weren't able to do that before. Right. So so I think that, that use the tools that we have to still connect and help each other. I, and it's been like, even in the music biz, I talked to my friend in Singapore. Hey, do you know somebody here? Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm linked to them and that's someone in LA. So, so there is a lot in just checking in with others. And I, I've, I've sort of thought of this early in this time of COVID. If you're proactive, you're the first to engage. You're the first to check in. Hey, how are you? You're starting the conversation. And I think that that is important instead of waiting for it to start for you. So if there's anything I could say is check in on people, make sure they're okay. Mm -hmm. And and that's an important thing. Um, Justine, you've just released some music and and such. So, and I know you've been promoting, you've got a lyric video. uh, That's a whole bunch of different hats in like getting the message out there. And and I do sort of where I'm tying it up is I see Leanne put the expectation to be a full-time content creator. Now Mm -hmm. in addition to being a self-managed and independent is a challenge. What used to yeah, be downtime absolutely. is now filled with content creation and planning. Uh, so yep. d- you just went through a whole bunch of steps in that kind of process. Uh, what do you, what, how, what's your approach?
3: It's funny because as we were discussing all of this, I was also thinking, yeah, a lot of my downtime is also thinking about social media and how I want to show up on social media and how I want to start conversations that are vulnerable and and meaningful because um, I see it as a platform similar to a stage where you can really interact with humans it's just human connections so I, I treat my social platform very much as as that so when I'm planning content like some of it's to promote things because that's part of the job but some of it is just like this is what's going on behind the scenes there's ups and downs and I think that's just the reality of life. But yeah, uh, there's definitely a lot of thought that goes into creating content, that's for sure. But to give some backstory, uh, Gerald, you were just talking about COVID and how in a weird way it brought us together and, and reminded us of humanity and what really matters. And that definitely happened for me. So I moved from Toronto to Calgary late 2019. So I had maybe three or four months here before the pandemic started. And my intention was to come out here, start, connecting with folks out here songwriting get back to recording and kind of create a a new chapter in my life and that was challenging through COVID because I had only been here for a few months but I was so fortunate to connect with songwriters virtually and to attend songwriting workshops to do co-writes and that ended up becoming the song that I just released in February but I wrote it about a year ago when we were in a lockdown and that's pretty like amazing and when you think about it because obviously it was it was tough to be in isolation and my whole family lives back in Ontario but I tried my best to use my time to create and and it was emotional you know as much as virtual connection isn't exactly the same as in person it's a step above like a phone call I think or a step above a text right like at least you still have a face and a voice and yeah we had some vulnerable co-writes on zoom just like this right now and and that was something that got me through the pandemic to be honest so but it it takes a lot of planning and a lot of time so i would say uh, there's a lot of pressure to put out content there's a lot of pressure to write and record and put it out and do things fast but i took my time like i actually hadn't released anything in 4 years because i went through some stuff in my life and had to take a step back and try to take care of myself and I don't think there should be as much shame around that as there is for artists I think there's just so much pressure to like constantly create and constantly just be doing um but I think it's important to take time as we were saying for for you take time for your mental health take time to like refill recharge fill your cup and and when you feel like you're good to go and you're good to create and share like take your time and build it and you know build it build it properly
1: mm.
0: yeah no I, I I totally agree with that and uh, I, I've got a few comments on the content side, but I don't want to go there quite yet. I want to give Andrea a chance to also yeah. chime in on this
2: I mean, I think you said it perfectly. Um, And I just keep coming back to something I repeat. I don't know who said it, but you have to fill the well before you can drink from it. You know, you have to live a life. You have to be out. You have to be engaging with people um, in in your personal life. You have to have feelings to, to write about them, you know, and experiences, to have the wisdom, to write, honestly, to write anything meaningful, you have to have lived a meaningful life. And and make meaning of it in in the work. So, I agree. Like I've been like super creative through the the course of this via kind of the ability to to zoom with um, with some folks who we weren't able to schedule ourselves necessarily before because of the travel and the getting in the room, you know. But uh, you know, there were a few times where one of my my main co-writers you know, she had to get kids off to, to school for nine. And then I was starting at CMRA at nine. And we did a couple of sessions to finish a couple of songs off like 6.30 AM to, to nine. And we just, you know, made it happen. And it was, it was, you know, it worked. I, I have a question for you though. This has been going around in my mind a lot. And I like wanna throw it out to everybody. Like, what is the big, look, I love to cook for people and I love to, you know, have a coffee and sit in the writer room and, you know, you know, shoot the shit really is what you do for the first hour, right? You talk about your life, and then you write a song. Usually, it comes out of that. I love that. But you can do that online. Like, what's the difference? I'm looking at you right now, Justine, and you're mm-hmm. smiling. Or Daryl, and you're smiling. And I can see other people's reactions, and I can feel feel that, and we can connect. What is the difference between me being four feet from the screen and looking at your face, than you sitting on the couch here with me? I mean, obviously, there's a difference, but I don't think that. I think all of the essential pieces, heart, mind, voice are there. Do you all feel the same way? Or am I just
0: making the best of it? (laughs) Well, this is you, are you're you're sort of uh putting a vision in my head because anytime I recorded, the vocalist was isolated. (laughs) Right. So, so if you think of the actual recording process, we're like, I was in an isolation booth with my guitar amp and the vocalist was over there. In some cases we had a TV screen because they were in a totally different room. So I've kind of experienced some of this sort of in a studio before just, you know, and like at noble street, for instance, there, sometimes there's somebody upstairs in a totally different floor and you got to watch a TV screen, you know, um, so I think we, some of us have been through this kind of stuff, right? It just, that only took an hour instead of five months or six months at a time, right? So, uh, so you know, I, I, I agree, I agree. And I think, um, I think that if anything, it might inspire a new way of creation. And I think that, like I try to look at the positives of, oh, I didn't think of it this way before. Mm. Now that might inspire me to write five songs. You never know, right? So, so that that yeah, I try to look at things on the positive side uh, throughout all this stuff, and I'm hoping that if anything, now there's more options. I could do it this way, or I could do it this way. Oh, I have a time constraint; I can still do it because yeah. now there's tools and and things. Or I have a travel constraint, and I can still take care of it. Like uh, literally minutes before jumping on this, I was in a meeting. I'm going to ECMA's tomorrow in Fredericton. We had a meeting with them literally five minutes before this started. I was in Fredericton virtually. Uh, right after this, I'm meeting with somebody in Denver and then somebody in LA and I'm still Mm -hmm. at home. So I could not do that before. And, and this is allowing my business to go to a higher level. So, uh, because otherwise I would have to be in LA to meet with Steve, you know, so I'm looking at it that way. Um, So if, if we can kind of sort of talk about that and I want to, I mentioned, I wanted to sort of bring up this other point, like scheduling, because it ties it together. I think a lot is like going to what Andrea said before, scheduling is the key. And I think think 12 months out schedule kind of thing. I mm. I know it's tough, but like that's when I tour. November. It's May. Okay, cool. I've got time to get ready for that. Or April next year. That's the time I'm touring. When should I release a song? A month before to promote, you know, like like that timeline that's extended past today, I think is crucial. And that allows us to say, "No, no, I can't play that show because I'm going on tour in November, you can say no to things instead of adding to your sort of agenda. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to know what sort of your experiences are in kind of thinking more of that 12 month type of planning process and have you used that? So this case, I want to go to Justine first.
3: Yeah, definitely. And like I was saying earlier, I mean, just trying to not rush the process, right? Because I had started recording some stuff last year. And even if the recording was done, I didn't want to just throw it out there. Um, Yeah, so essentially, I started recording some new stuff last year, but I was thinking ahead of, okay, so when am I going to do a photo shoot? When am I going to get this new, the new press photos done and the album artwork and thinking about marketing and, and you know it definitely is important to think about the timing of that and i'm still doing that now thinking about the next single okay when's the studio time when is like think about marketing think about summer festivals like all this kind of stuff because from what i understand there there are some artists that kind of record and they, it's exciting so you want to just put it out and throw it out there but i think it's really important to think about what's coming up in the next months and how you can use that to your advantage. As you were saying, you know, if you release a song and you know you have some live shows and kind of integrating that, um, just from a marketing perspective is, is really smart.
0: Yeah. yeah, I agree. Absolutely, Andrea?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, just agree. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, a meeting I had a couple of days ago about a Four Chords, a European week-long potential event. And we're planning 2024 fall I mean I think one of the key things is contingency so you plan your album if you if you if you schedule too tightly it's kind of like scheduling you know flights you want to make sure you have enough time to get off the one plane and onto the other one right and so for example if your album designer gets sick and your artwork isn't delivered. So Justine, in your case, you're doing it yourself, so you're good. (laughs) But for those (laughs) of us who hire, so I, I, yeah, there are lots of benefits to that for sure. And in fact, my Four Chords and the Truth posters, I actually learned to Photoshop because the person who was updating my poster every time got very ill and I didn't have anybody to do it. So I taught myself Photoshop so that I could could, uh, Photoshop in the new artists or the songwriters for the upcoming four chord show. And you know what, frankly, I just ended up keeping doing it. Yeah. Because I learned how to do it. And it ended up saving me money in the end. But I'll, you know, had I not learned to do that, that particular, I remember I was, you know, up till four o'clock in the morning, the day before I had to have all of that out, I didn't leave myself enough room. So I think the thing with scheduling is is understanding that, you know, you have to have a kind of leave allowances when you're counting on other people. Yeah, especially now people get COVID, right? Like, yeah, even, even, you know, that's super common, uh, that things are getting rescheduled and canceled. And do you have insurance? Can you still pay somebody if you cancel on them last minute? What do you, you know, contracts? super important to make sure that, um, you know, you know what you're accountable for.
3: Well, and to your point, Andrea, that's what I was just thinking when you were speaking about accountability, because. I think it's important to have that flexibility for sure and what I did last year was made basically a brief outline of okay by spring, by fall, by winter, these things need to be done for my upcoming release and and it doesn't have to be like on November 24th like maybe sometimes that is the case if you're planning a specific release date or something like that but looking at a project at, at large I think just keeping yourself accountable when you have a schedule, I I just find it helps with that accountability Mm -hmm. because you know, like, okay, by the fall in this month, all these things need to be done. So that definitely was helpful for me because if you just put it out there and say, yeah, I want to do this and you don't have like an, a rough, even just a rough outline of when it needs to be done. I think sometimes it just doesn't get done. So yeah.
2: Yeah. I think the best thing for accountability
3: is telling somebody Yes, that too. Me <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, I remember when I was going to do the first four chords, I talked about it. And, and, I, and I, you know what, I literally picked up the phone, I called the Dakota and, I, and it was Andy at the time. And I said, hey, thinking about doing a show, do you have dates? He gave me a date. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And this was like four or five months out. And I remember hanging up the phone and going, oh, okay, now I have to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I mean, I think it's accountability comes from uh, saying it out loud
0: and we'll be back. Hey, listener, you're listening to our podcast, which is a recorded session from one of our other online sessions. Every Tuesday, you can tune in and be part of it at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that is Toronto time. For those of you listening in from different parts of the world, uh, it's our Indie Weekly, and that means we talk with music industry professionals, artists, all about the music business. It's a great way to connect with others as we have people tuning in from around the world. We encourage dropping links, sharing, DMing, making real connections while learning about the music industry and uh, hearing from music industry professionals. So once again, that's Indie Weekly every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Toronto time. And to sign up, just head over to IndieWeek.com and all the information is there. And we're back. Yeah. I'm I, I'm a big fan of just drop it in the calendar and like it's there. And then I try to be like four weeks out for it to be done. Uh and, and also another thing is like if there's a deadline, like a grant deadline, uh, and it's like it's due May 3rd at 5 p.m., that's like 14 minutes away. Am I done? I should have submitted it last Friday. Mm -hmm. Right. So if there's a, if there's an external deadline, someone else's, I try to make my deadline days before because if I screw up and if I'm late, I've got buffer time to be there because otherwise if I go okay cool I've got till 5pm on the third, it's going in at 449 like just, just barely making it, you know, or five minutes later and all that stuff and going please let it happen, it's okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I try to change my deadlines to be ahead because uh, otherwise it gets difficult, I find.
2: 100%. Uh, I think transparency though, again, is if you're in a team, is super important. Like for example, what happens if I'm on a team and I'm, I've done a ton of work, but it's on some drive somewhere, nobody knows where it is, right? Like I, I want my, like my team at CMRA, they uh, part of my goal there is to make as much transparency as possible with what I'm doing. So when I go on holiday, or if I go and you know do a show or do whatever, it, you know publishers can still count on on me and my team can count on me to know what I'm doing to step in. Like I kind of try to live my life as if what ha- what happens if I get hit by a bus tomorrow? Can the work proceed? because I mm-hmm. think planning for that is also super important in our business. We have people counting on us. So if we, whether it's you know, at a day job in the music business or in our own artists careers, people are counting on us. So how do we make transparent what we're doing so people can help and so we can help people too. And I think it, that it's another step kind of in accountability, but yeah, those are the buzzwords, accountability, transparency, uh, intentionality,
0: I, I like to also say delegation, like be, able yeah. to be mm-hmm. willing to go, Hey, could you do this? Like, cause I think we hold on to everything yeah. and we want to see it to completion, but we might have like five things going and, and, and one holds back another one and, and it can really, really hold things back. So delegation is, is super key. I think in that sense, um, and
2: trust. trust, trust, right. I mean, yeah, hire somebody. You trust them. You trust them. Let them do their job.
0: I'm if, the opposite. If... <laughs> I don't trust them. Oh well. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. Uh because I, I will trust them in saying, okay, here you go. That's your deadline. I just don't trust they're gonna make it. Because well, how so many times that I, I trust, like, okay, that's not gonna happen. But I try. But uh so many times, and so what what I try to do is I try to be the check in. Hey, so this is due in three days. We're still good. If not, let me know so that I can help, you know, because often again, maybe they're not talking, they're not transparent and they're not letting me know. And I found that many more times, especially lately with the way things are digitally, I got to check in a lot to be like, Hey, where are you at? And and so, so that's, I, I trust when it's in the books. <laughs> that's that's me.
2: I mean, I think I, I can I can see where you're coming from. I I've I try to work to a place on my team where where that trust is there. I mean that's how you model it, right? Like I think if you're if you're you know, in terms of leadership, the goal should be to just you know get to that place where you can trust your team because they trust you. And I think trusting yourself to know that you've hired the right people,
1: yeah, right? And uh, which in you a have a great case, team.
2: So you don't have to oh, worry too much. You have a great team. <laughs> it, in my case,
0: I'm talking about like, uh, there's a speaker that might still They're, owe us their yeah. photo and bio that we okay. could put on the website. And that was due a week ago. Mm. Uh, it, like there's a lot of external where it's like, right. we're relying on many things. Uh, so, you, you know, uh, I just got my ECMA lineup an hour ago kind of deal and i'm flying tomorrow like like (laughs) yeah so so this is what i'm saying is like everybody's really busy and often and 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 i think that one one way i look at it is the work that we do for ourselves is really important to us but if we're getting help from someone else it's not as important to them
2: Mm.
0: because they've got their own agenda and and we're just a part of what that agenda is. So so I think that that's also a factor of like, hey, just reminders of like, hey, can you shoot that over my way? You know, Uh, like that kind of stuff I I find is is important because for us to keep our own timeline going, we need all these assets. We need all these things and, and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes when you're in the public eye, you've got this bullseye on your back. I'm, I'm sure We've all had, oh, Oh, you could have, why don't you have that? And I'm like, we didn't get it. Like, I'm still a good person, you know, like uh, that kind of feeling happens sometimes. Uh, A
2: friend of mine used to say, and you'll love this, I think, trust, but verify. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, yeah, when you're dealing with their parties, because who knows what's going on in someone's life, right? I mean, so many people we meet in this business, we're meeting for the first time.
0: Yeah. And and ultimately I, I trust like, you know what, it's going to happen. Like my experience is like, you know what, it's going to happen. It's still going to be great. It's still going to be fine. Yeah. We're all going to be fine. It's all going to be <laughs> fine. Right. But like, you know, uh, going on faith, an example, my first time flying to Chile for a conference, literally I'm at the airport going, Hey, you still haven't sent my hotel info. I'm about to board the flight for X number hours to get to Chile. Uh, And then I think it was like, uh, uh, I think I changed flights in like Chicago or New York. Hey, so I'm in New York. Do you have that hotel info? Because I'm about to get the next flight and I'm landing in Chile. I still don't know where I'm staying. And then I landed in Chile and I'm like, okay, I'm here. And oh, uh, someone's going to come pick you up. Cool. Who's that someone and when? And then it (laughs) turned into like, oh, no, no. Uh, could you go to this coffee shop? I'll meet you there. And I did. And like, oh, by the way, uh, it's not the hotel we thought. So we're, it's going to be a different hotel. And like, yeah. So and it's weird when you're in a different country, right? It all worked out. It's all fine. Uh, so so I think that as well, part of it is is being able to also understand it's going to be the blurry gray area and, and not to worry about it. And Mackenzie just said that's rock and roll. <laughs>
2: that is rock and roll
0: yeah uh there's been some chats going on but um one that i wanted to bring up jw said what if the only hat that an independent solo musician enjoys is the actual music creation and performance itself so i'll let either of Hmm. you jump in
2: find a great manager then good answer then you need your person Uh, I mean, that's the dream, right? That's the But you know what, Gerald, Um, what you were talking about, my very first manager, I was on my way to ECMAs to showcase, and he was supposed to have booked the hotels, the flights and everything. And the day before, I find out he didn't do any of it. So, you know, that's the dream. We all would love to just sit in a room and write songs all day, but I feel like you got to build it before you can get those people who are going to do it for you.
0: Yeah. I agree, uh, Justine. Do you have anything to add to that? And there's a uh, question or comments from Dave that I want to address as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, similar to what I was talking about at the at the top of the call, is that it does really help if you understand the very various aspects of of the business. And I find that I'm able to build trust and hire people out because I've done it myself and I understand what they're doing but also because I've learned to trust myself and and it is hard to let go once you're used to doing everything, but. I mean, I always like to have my hands in it though. Like if I'm going to be booked somewhere and if someone's supposed to be booking me a hotel, you know, I don't want to just leave it in their hands and not check in. Like I want to make sure I know where I'm going and where I'm supposed to be because it it reflects on me. Right. And my business, even though someone else is responsible it's, it's still going to fall on my name. And I want to make sure that I'm showing up as a professional where I'm supposed to be at the right time and all these kinds of things. So it does reflect on you. So you want to make sure that, you know, as much as it's about trusting other people, you got to make sure that you you know, what's going on.
0: (laughs) I've, I've, uh, I'm a big, like I said before, I find like when it's third party, I feel I always have to it, well I think it's kind of like the tour manager hat uh, I don't know has, has anybody here I've had this a couple times show up to the venue and it's had a fire and it's closed <laughs> yep I had that happen oh uh, my gosh I there's one time early days we were playing three a back three we called it Thursday Friday Saturday and our singer had been there prior and and we get there and he's like oh the the manager, like this hotel, it's like all run really bad. So we play the show Thursday. We wake up to no power on Friday. The manager skipped out with all the money left. And, and we're like, okay. So, so like as a tour manager, we would advance the show, right? And make sure everything is set so that it's smooth, no, no pressure. So that's how I kind of look at it. I'm always advancing the show, you know? Mm-hmm. We're set time still the same. Great. Riders going to be there. Awesome. Are the loaders going to be there? Great. Cool. What time do you need us? I just want to make sure the sound check, how many of you had a sound check not be the time the sound check was supposed to happen. Right. So uh, when you're running business, that's what I feel is I'm always kind of like, just still good for that time. That's going to be delivered on this time. I'm, I'm kind of connecting dots. It's almost like air traffic control all the time. Uh, like speakers, you're still going to be here at that time. I've had many times I go, oh, I thought it was Thursday. No, no. All emails said Wednesday. Everyone, Wednesday. <laughs> oh, that's in May? Yeah, I thought it was April. No, all emails said May. This is part of what, what I, I we deal with a lot, right? Um, so I did want to mention this comment from Dave, though. The idea of being a DIY or self-managed artist-songwriter is such a pressure, really. Absolutely. I mean, being a good songwriter is a big job. Being a producer is a big job. Good marketer is a big job, and on and on. Uh, this adds another type of pressure, which is big, especially if there's no real budget for it. Pressure is build a team with little no budget to try to take off some of the workload, spend more time doing the main thing, which is writing. Uh, I've got a couple comments. Uh, we're sh- getting close on time. But uh, I wanted to let uh, you guys talk about this first. Because I, I know we addressed it a little bit, but but I think that this is important. So, Justine.
3: Yeah, I mean, for a long time I just did absolutely everything myself, like booking my own shows. Um, I was self-produced for a really long time before I got to the stage where I was ready to find a producer. All these types of things. So. It, it definitely builds one step at a time. It is a lot of pressure. It is a lot of work, but I also feel that it's really gratifying too, because when you're the person behind it and you're just starting out and, you know, you're reaching out to the CBC radios and, and people like that, and they want to reach out to you and interview you and play your track. Like it's, it's a really meaningful milestone because you put in the legwork. So I'm not saying it's easy, <laughs> but it is really gratifying. And it's, it's something that just builds and builds and builds and builds over time. So I know that early on, when you're first starting out, a lot of people, they're like, I got to find a manager. And I really want a booking agent. And I really want all these things. But it it does take like sometimes many years before you're ready to like financially be able to do that as well. Because there are a lot of investments, right? There's investment in recording, investment in publicist investment in marketing, like there, there's no end of investments in this business. So you have to figure out a way to do that and what works for you. And it's kind of a different journey for everyone.
0: Yeah. I love that. Uh, Andrea.
2: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And I think good relationships take time and Mm -hmm. trust takes time, you know? I mean, before when I was talking about like, you know, trusting my team versus, Like, look, at at CMRA, I trust my team. I've known them for a long time. We, you know, we all care about doing a good job for our publishers and our clients, you know, but when it comes to my music career, my songwriter world, it's hard to let go because again, I want to make sure that whoever is representing me is representing me in the way that I would in terms of if I say I'm going to be somewhere on time, I want them to be there on time. I remember at one point I was know, trying to take the leap with, with a certain manager. And that manager was 45 minutes late for our first three meetings. We did not have a fourth meeting. I was done. Uh-huh. I'm like, you're going to now you're trying to get me to, to trust you'd be my manager. Are you going to treat somebody else like that when you're representing me as my manager? So I think it's, you know, it takes time to build relationships and uh, it takes time to get to that place where you can let some of that stuff go and to your point, you never really ever let it go because, you know, it's our business, right? The the songs we put out, whatever we put out, nobody's going to care about them the way that we do, right? To your point, Daryl, earlier on, nobody's going to care about the business as much as we do. Nobody's going to care about that little weird sound in the vocal track that's going to drive us crazy. (laughs) The engineer's not going to care. So we need to fight to make it sound right. And and, uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of, you can no matter what hat you're wearing, trust and good relationships take time.
3: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Big time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I, I appreciate that. And uh, if I could sort of add a little bit, uh, we talked about the timeline side. I really use that. Like, this is my time to do this task. And then I'm done. And I try to go as far ahead in the future as I can. So if we're thinking like content stuff, I would literally try to say, one, you spend time on just content, but it could be like, okay, if I'm posting a photo every day of the year, I will get 365 photos and schedule it so that I don't have to think about it. Or (laughs) I'll I'll do three months at a time kind of thing. And I I use Hootsuite uh, to schedule it out. Uh, Sometimes uh, on social, it looks like I'm posting what I'm doing, but it's happened weeks before uh so so that's where i'm able to kind of schedule it and forget it and then i come back to it when it's done and i schedule it and i forget it um so if you can use those kind of tools and and uh with artists i used it where you're touring this time you're songwriting this time you're recording this time you're promoting this time and until you're big enough to have a team and you're doing it yourself you can't cross over some of those it really is like, or do you want to be writing while you're mixing, mastering? No, right? So you gotta, you gotta kind of be like, this is when I do this, and then I'm done. And and uh, if you've been on calls before, I say we're Canadian. We know hockey. Right now is the playoffs. Guess what? <laughs> they do it the same time every year. So <laughs> I look at hockey as like then they have an off season, then they have preseason, training camp, tryouts, season trade deadlines, like that's it's scheduled throughout the year. And then what they're able to do is go and reflect and go, how did we do last year and how do we make it better off of the same template? Oh, same time next year. If you look at the, I I always say Molson Amphitheater, but it's called the Budweiser stage in Toronto now. I bet Def Leppard plays the first week of July every year. Blue Rodeo is also in July or first week of August every year so if you think of their management team they literally call live nation go same thing as last year yeah i'm done high five job done and they probably do that throughout their touring cycles same same venue yeah same same thing yeah okay so (laughs) so what i really try to do is when you're doing one thing it's kind of building the template to do it again Mm. And if you do it over enough time, you have many templates to go, same as last year, yeah, Whew, less stress. Hey, are we recording in August again? Yeah, okay, cool. So, so I think that there's, there's ways to sort of build um, cycles or, or seasons almost that you just kind of like, I tour in April and I tour in November, we do a release, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. I and I relate to hockey because we're Canadian, where I am, and, and <laughs> I grew up with hockey and Oilers. When I grew up, we we're in the playoffs every year. Now it's Girl like oh, go. gotta just say place. it. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps. Um, we're over time. See, I could talk. We could talk forever on this. It's it's like never enough time. Um, all right. Thank you, everybody, and we will see you soon.
1: Be well.
2: Thanks, everyone. Nice to see you. Thank all. you.
1: All right, so that does it for another episode of the Indie Weekly Podcast. We Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. And if you enjoyed these conversations that we share here on the podcast, then I think you would really love coming to the Indie Weekly webinars. Throughout the year, we're having them every Tuesday. They're always at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's like New York or Toronto time. And it's all about high-level conversations, bringing in experts from all facets of the music and related industries to share their experiences, best practices, tips, advice, really actionable advice with artists. It's all about helping artists boost their own careers, but it's also about community, connecting with each other, connecting with the guests, connecting with Daryl Herz, uh, who always hosts. And best of all, it's free. So go to IndieWeek.com, hit the Indie Weekly tab at the top of the page and see what's coming up. I think you'd really enjoy it. Certainly worth your time. We'd love to see you there. And last, but certainly not least, before we go, just one more shout out and thank you to our wonderful sponsors and funders. Uh, those are Slate Music, CD Baby, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Bandzoogle, The City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, SEMA the SOCAN Foundation, and our newest sponsor, Cox & Palmer, who provide legal services in Atlantic Canada. We also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. So without the support of all of them, us here at Indie Week, we couldn't do what we do to help out and work for the music community. So big thank you to all those companies, organizations, and government bodies. All right, that does it for another week. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a good one.